Hello. On this podcast, we talk about movies, their faults, their flaws, and their plots. So, expect some spoilers. You've been warned. Welcome to Plot Spackle. I'm John, and between Nathan Drake, Laura Croft, and Indiana Jones, I would hire Laura Croft to retrieve an artifact for me. She gets the job done, and unlike Nathan Drake, won't kill 50 people. I'm Richard, and out of Indiana Jones, Laura Croft, and Nathan Drake, I'd hire Laura Croft. Because unlike Indiana Jones, she doesn't have 8 billion academic rivals trying to screw her over. I'm Eric, and I'm actually going to go with the fourth choice. I would hire Scrooge McDuck, the bestest treasure hunter in the world, to hire find my treasure. You know, Eric, I accept that he is smarter than the Smarties and tougher than the Toughies, but he keeps the treasure he finds. What? And you can't afford to hire him. He's like the richest duck in the world. I thought it was kind of like Canadian money, where it's like American dollars are better than duck dollars. I gotta make a call, guys. Sorry, I'll be back. But anyways, uh, while Eric's gone making a call, we have to decide what we're going to fill these plot holes with. Hmm. Tragic parental backstories? Early 2000 CG robots? God, guys, what about those cultist robe thingies? Oh yeah, we do have discarded cultist ropes from the Illuminati, because today on Plot Spackle we are filling in the plot holes of Laura Croft, Tomb Raider. But before we do that, we got an email. Oh yeah, we have an email. We got an email. We are forced to uh, offer we... a retraction of a previous statement in which we implied that uh, Night Elves were part of the Horde in Warcraft, or World of Warcraft. They are not. It is Blood Elves who are part of the Horde, and Night Elves are part of the Alliance. So, I end up on Team Alliance with Eric after all. And you would say that I'm alone, but the whole point of being in the Horde is you're never alone. It's a Horde. Horde bros, yes. No, see, that that's Horn Bro. It's from a different game series, John. But thank you to our astute listeners who, point, who are keeping us honest. Or at least accurate. Hopefully both. Yeah, we'll see. But anyway, speaking of accurate accuracy, it's time for Eric to explain the plot holes or the plot of uh, Laura Croft Tomb Raider. Well, now you've kind of put me at a disadvantage, John, because I most certainly am not going to do this accurately. But whatever. So Laura Croft is about the titular character Laura Croft, who happens to raid in tombs. So in this adventure, the planets are aligning. And during this alignment time, there is a special treasure that activates only once every 5,000 years that gives its possessor the ability to control time. So Lara Croft, after receiving a cryptic note from her dead father, it goes on the hunt for this amazing treasure. But she is not alone. The Illuminati is also hunting for this treasure. Ultimately, because... This is a thriller, I guess? It's because it was a triangle, and the Illuminati's all about that. That's true. You know, Illuminati confirmed, basically. But 
Lara and the Illuminati have to work together to find this device from ancient, from 5,000 years ago or whatever, that looks like it came out of a Jules Verne novel. But besides the point, they find the device, Lara is able to destroy it, and she can continue to raid tombs in the future? I guess, you know, they, there is a sequel after this, so. It's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just makes me think that the truth about the Illuminati is not that it's a compact agreement between world leaders and bankers and the elites. No, it's geometry teachers who just love triangles. Even though hexagons are the bestagons? That's true. You can make a hexagon out of triangles. That is true. They're just obsessed with the wrong shape. That's, that's all. We'll forgive them. Everyone knows circles are the best shapes, though. Circles are the worst shape. Get out. I don't, I actually have nothing to hold back that up. So, anyways, all right. So now that we've uh, had an entirely accurate, hundred percent true, two events <laughs> recounting of the plot of Warcraft Tomb Raider, let's get some movie facts. All right. Well, it was released on June seventeenth, two thousand and one. Had an estimated budget of one hundred and fifteen million dollars. It earned $47 million in its opening weekend, uh, grossed $131 million in the U.S. and Canada, and was up to uh, $274 million in worldwide releases. Was arguably a successful film. Yeah. I mean, they made a sequel of it, so... Yeah, but not all, not all of these movies that we watch that also have sequels earned those. That's true. But no, like they, this one, it was fine. I uh, had some, there was a lot of stuff where they referenced a lot of things from the film. Um, when uh, Rimmer is using the silver tray to uh, protect his face while Lara is smashing clocks with a hammer, like good archaeologists do. Uh, that's what happens when you start shooting at butlers in the video game as they protect their face with the silver tray. Um. A lot of Lara Croft was inspired off of the uh, James Bond films. So it was pretty funny that they got Daniel Craig in the film before he was James Bond. But he is using the Walter PPK, the signature weapon of James Bond. He was getting ready. He was being prepped for Bond. And they did have uh, Lara Croft's father played by Angelina Jolie's actual father. Which is not a thing that happens in movies that much. Unless you're like Martin Sheen or whatever. Unless you're a legacy family, in which case it's mostly that your parents were actors first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you became an actor. But uh, there were there were a lot of entertaining bits. Uh, she did her own... She actually did the bungee ballet. Uh, injured her leg on set. They had to stall filming there. And then they had to do a bunch of retakes when they're driving the Humvee through the jungle. Because snakes and critters and stuff kept falling through the open top. And uh, Angelina Jolie kept breaking character when things fell on her. I just learned that um, convertibles are not for good good for driving through jungles. Yeah, turns things out, you learn. Turns out stuff falls on you. Unless you're trying to collect samples. Possibly. But yeah, there you go. 
Some fun facts about Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Now, if she had kept character, we would have had a, some great shot of a something falling on her and her reacting in character, and that would have stayed in the movie. And it would have been one of those things that uh, made the movie. Oh, like in uh, Django Unchained when Leonardo DiCaprio cuts open his hand? Yeah, yeah. Or when Viggo Mortensen breaks his foot, kicking the orc helmet. Or when uh, Harrison Ford was just sick and tired of dealing with it and shot the guy. They just kept it on tape. <laughs> I mean, it it was uh, consistent with Indy's characters, so. All right. So now we have a plot. We have facts. But do we have plot holes? We do. Oh, goody. Where are we getting the plot holes from? IMDB. Our go-to. Our bread and butter. It's there. It's got lists. It's always there for us. It doesn't have like some title like this thing has 10 billion plot holes. And then doesn't list them? No. And doesn't mention what they are. They actually list these for us and it's so convenient. Thank you, IMDB editors. Oh, it's just regular people. Yeah, they're the people who edit IMDB. <laughs> I put stuff on IMDb. Yeah, you're an editor. Yay. I thanked you. Yay. All right, guys. Let's start off with this one. In the dead zone, where nothing electronic works, cars, computers, helicopters, Laura uses a laser sight to reactivate a time storm. Chemical lasers. Chemicals don't make lasers, Richard. They make explosions. Chemicals make a lot of lasers. Listen, this is a movie. Lasers can do whatever you want, John. All right. Actually, we're going to let Richard talk about uh, chemical lasers and how they work. Or that they do, I guess. They they do, in fact, work. Most chemical lasers that people are familiar with, uh, coils, the miracle lasers that are used in military applications or for uh, nuclear, um, nuclear contamination disassembly, uh, only operate in the uh, infrared range, but under certain circumstances, they can produce visible light. A lot of places don't use them because you have to get rare materials and it costs a lot of money. But hey, when you're the Illuminati, when the, you're the Illuminati going for your once in a 5,000 years world domination plant. Yeah, might as well spend the money to, to get your little tiny chemical lasers to do red dot sites. And they did kind of know that there was going to be a dead zone. They did. They were prepared for that. That's why they had the dog sleds. And so, yeah. Chemical lasers. Chemical lasers. Chemical laser sights. Chemical flashlights. Chemical lanterns. I mean, chemical lanterns are just a standard thing. I mean, most, like, fire is just chemical reaction, so. Exactly. All right, then. Well, how about this one? Lord Richard Croft states that the two halves of the triangle were taken from the city in the crater and hidden at opposite ends of the earth. Despite this, the second half is found in the city itself in Siberia and the first in Cambodia on the same continent. So isn't this uh, being hid, this legend coming from a 3000 BC civilization? Yes. Whose uh, understanding of the size of the world would probably be the continent. The continent. Yeah. I mean, and we are kind of at the opposite ends of the, the continent. Uh, remind, refresh me on my ancient history, but isn't that about like the ancient Egyptian time, like the 2000s or whatever? It's not like they're going to be able to make it to the American continent. No, no, they can't get there. Um, 
Well, specifically, we want to looking at the... Uh, well, and at the same time, they went from the very far north to the very far south for what they had available. I mean, it probably would have been tough to try and get to Australia or something, but maybe India, India, maybe, but Cambodia is close enough. Yeah. And who's to say it wasn't moved later? Because the Illuminati, did did they have the two or at least one of the halves before? No. No, they had neither half. Okay. Um, this would have been the, uh, looking it up, the Indus Valley civilization. So, yeah. Uh, the northern reach, of, northern reach of Siberia and Cambodia. That seems reasonably opposite ends for me. Let's see now. That's Indus Valley. But yes, that's uh, that time period. It Bronze Age tech. Yeah, that's that's pretty pretty far. And then so I'd say the opposite ends of the earth for the people at the time. The people who were at least writing the story would have considered it the opposite ends of the earth, yeah. especially if they had to travel beyond their own borders to get there. Mm-hmm. So I'd give them that. But now, both tombs contain obvious errors. So is, the, is this guy referring to, like, the actual tombs? Like, his, he's saying these are bad recreations of tombs or? no uh he's telling telling us that the first is judging by fa- how far lara falls located deep underground the second located in a cave in the siberian mountains but both are excessively well lit considering neither should have a source of sunlight how far she fell she didn't fall uh terminal velocity so it can't have been that far she didn't even have like injuries well we have to solve his plot hole john there were holes in the roof. Ah, well, there you go. It turns out that sunlight can go through ice. Sunlight can go through ice. Um, could the Illuminati have also brought, I don't know, flood lamps? To the first one, they did. So, yeah, the first one they did. Oh, so that one was a, was a surface temple. So even if she fell from a uh, high point into the side entrance, the main tomb could have had been a lot closer to a ceiling point and that's the same thing with the second one that the they went in through a side of a mountain but we don't know how far from the surface the tomb actually was and they could have gone into like you know there were definitely openings to the outside where sunlight was visible that you could see in the scenes yeah it might just not have been a good way to climb down or get in. It would be very dangerous. Especially because they were coming off the sled dogs, and so there was an easier approach from the other direction. I mean, we see sunlight, so obviously it has a source of sunlight, right? Yeah. That's how real science works. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out if you can see sunlight, there's sunlight there. And there's sunlight there. Neat. You can't be like, well, there shouldn't be sunlight here. Therefore, there is no sunlight. It's an error. This, It's a glitch in the matrix. There's sunlight here, and I don't think there's supposed to be sunlight here. All right. Um, and it is never explained in any way how Laura knows exactly how to assemble the triangle. It's real simple. Uh, she played the Prince of Persia Sands of Time games to prepare her for this, and so she knew to steal the grain of sand out of the magical time device. Because it's obviously going to power the time devices. I'm just confused by someone who doesn't understand how you make a triangle. 
so yeah trying to put it together it has three sides like at most you have three possibilities and it's like oh they they don't fight quite fit together and she's like huh i bet it's missing a piece looks at the time uh watch that they've been using for navigation i wonder this has no known power source and has worked for thousands of years i wonder if there's a connection i i think she guessed you know she used uh, some uh, logical guesswork she read a bunch of her dad's notes said that the uh you know it was important that whole line of the uh, entire world in a grain of sand yeah He's all like, this is super clever. All right, then. Well, let's go. Continuing on with the whole time triangle thing. At the end of the film, Lara goes back in time to save Alex. But when she does this, the triangle is floating a few feet away. The problem is that she has returned to a time before they put the triangle together. So why is it there? Because she used the triangle to travel through time. Yeah, it's... It's timey-wimey stuff. Look, the triangle is, in fact, a flux capacitor. It turns out that if you take the triangle from the future into the past, the triangle is now in the past. Yeah, that's that's how you get to the past, as you go with the triangle. The triangle is time-continuous. Uh, and let's also talk, we can talk about how this changes things as well, because when she uses it to go back into the past... Uh, to save um, Alex, she, there are not two Laura Crofts there. No, there isn't. There is just her, and so there is also just the single triangle. They have then replaced themselves, so that's why the triangle is now assembled in the past where it was not previously. It uses its powers as a flux capacitor to prevent branching timelines and create, and Flooding the universe with multiverses. Imagine what you could do with the time hexagon. It'd be amazing. Your powers would be nigh unstoppable. I'm pretty sure you'd have to worry about time bees, though. Possibly. Is that a risk you're willing to take? I'm not. You can't You can't have it's time honey without dealing with the time bees. Somebody's got to think of the bees. Well, speaking of bees... No, not really, but... So, next plot hole. The model of the solar system is inside an ice cave in the freezing, snow-covered Siberian mountains. However, there is a pool of unfrozen water at the model's base. Cool. Did you know that when lakes freeze, they don't go all the way to the bottom as ice all the time? Did you know that in the uh, northern... In lots of northern mountains, there's hot springs that keep water cool, water cool in that specific... Or water liquid in that specific location... All year round? Did you know that you don't even need uh, uh, hot springs to have water underneath glaciers and ice? It happens naturally. Turns out that you can have it solely from pressure alone. Subglacial lakes are some of the biggest on the planet. And then we also have sunlight in here. Remember, we do have sunlight. Well, wouldn't that make it mean that the pressure isn't that much? Well, it can be... It can be pressure over here the water will flow to a lower pressure zone and also downhill into the pool and then probably flows on somewhere else where it might refreeze also there is like super cooling uh possibility going on i wouldn't get in the water it's probably cold but given that there was actual living kelp in there i'm gonna go with geothermal heating that's true yeah i mean given that there so it has both light and uh sunlight and water that's warm enough for it to grow 
Exactly. Could the machine being turned on have melted any of the frozen water too? Like that is a high possibility. Yeah. That it was a completely frozen spot as well, and then when the planets start to align and the mechanisms start to activate, because the the clock was a working clock, but it wasn't the compass clock yet until um, the planet started to align. So, I mean, there's many possibilities for this unfrozen water to be unfrozen. Like, the, the harder question is, why is there kelp on top of the things above the water level? Life uh, finds a way, Richard. I was just going to go with the fact that it, it all raises and lowers and, like, has it, a bunch it, of gears and stuff. It's tidal. Yeah. Or the machine itself moves up and down it probably a lot of it was submerged so yeah it submerged fro and kind of the submerged in our hot spring grows kelp on it from the sunlight mm-hmm. coming in there with the heat and then when it starts to activate it raises it up raises up brings the kelp with it i have a feeling that maybe there was a cut scene where it was started underwater and uh they came out and they just ran out of time or money to make it work like that. But they had already built around the idea that it came out of the water. So that's why it was covered in kelp. Probably. Because they built it for post this other scene that they just didn't get around to filming. All right. But how about this one? Laura finds the clock at night. She then goes to Bryce's trailer where it's pitch black and mentions that it's five in the morning. One would then assume that she immediately went to Bryce after finding the clock. However, Laura tells him that she found it last night, so that means Laura waited at least five hours before consulting with Bryce. And furthermore, there's light flooding through all of the mansion's windows during this, so she leaves to go to the auction house, and it's clearly the middle of the day. How long did it take Laura to show Bryce the clock, considering it was completely dark when she woke him up to look at it? Do they just want a timeline? Yes, they want a timeline. They want they want a copy of Laura Croft's uh, schedule? Yes, they would like to be penciled in on that. I think linguistically, you could say for anything that happened at 4 a.m. last night when talking to someone. And to, uh, to get across the point, this happened during when you should be asleep. And then they, they study the clock, which means they research its uh, construction. They investigate it. He gets shop set up. Laura probably goes, takes a shower. Butler makes breakfast. She works on a bourgeois um, errant scion times. And she refuses to wear it. Like, you know, there's this moment where the butler offers her the dress and she refuses it because it's not the end of the movie yet. Yes. There's a lot of time that stuff that happens. Time passes just because you don't see it happen. Doesn't mean that time did not pass in the movie. I think they're just more concerned about the weird lighting that they had that wasn't super um, consistent. We'd have to investigate what time in 2001, when the planets aligned, what time the sun came up in England. Or, turns out that her fancy mansion, where she has enough money to pay for her own death robot to try and kill her. And has her own replica tomb could have sunlights in the building so that if you want it to be brighter, you can just turn on the lights and make it look like it's coming from outside because you're rich enough to do it. It's also could be that the mansion is big enough 
that uh, his little van is in the shadow of the buildings and is always darker than the actual time of day. Got to oppress those servants. Well, yes, he chose might. to park out there. That's the thing. She's like, you can totally have a room in the in the mansion. He's like, nope, nope, gotta have my van. Plus, it protects him from you know undue UV radiation. Probably messes with delicate robotics. Probably. He had a lot of robots in there. That's yeah. how you knew he was quirky. He had robots. Robots just roboting. Didn't actually do anything but move around. Running into each other. But there you go. That's the list of plot holes. That's, do we have any plot holes ourselves? I do. Oh, Eric so, has salt. Not really salt. It's just more of an inconsistency. So when they're talking about the time storms at the end of the movie, uh, one of the dogs runs through and I don't want to say disintegrates, but kind of de- it gets deconstructed and then put back together. Yeah. So the dog is fine. It's just you got it went from a dog. Dog with fur to a dog with skin to muscles, then I think to bones and then back. But it, besides the point, when Lara reaches in to grab the the third piece of the triangle from the time watch that's had been de- deconstructed by one of these time storms, her fingers don't happen to deconstruct. She just kind of reaches in and uh, plucks it. That's because it was stabilized by the time sand. That's what I was about to say. Nah, drat. I was I was just thinking they didn't have enough budget to deconstruct your hands. I mean, that's one option. Uh, here's another option. You don't see your own time deconstruction, so we see it from her point of view where her uh, hand is just fine, but everyone else around her saw her hand deconstruct. Okay. Or another option. <laughs> Why did the dogs even uh, deconstruct in the first place? Uh, because the dogs were affected by weird time magic by the little girl outside. There we go. And she was not cursed by time magic. Mm-hmm. By the time traveling little girl. Yep. From the secret cult who was protecting the uh, locations. Yep. As there were little little girls protecting both sites. Yep. So it's cursed by the Overlook Hotel um, from The Shining, which is where the uh, other five pieces of the triangle are. To make it the hexagon of time. <laughs> that's why the uh, pattern on the carpet of the Overlook Hotel looks like that. Yeah, and that's why uh, Jack ends up in the p- photo from the past. He didn't respect the time bees. So, uh, should we talk about our thoughts on the movie? What'd you guys think of it? I mean, I remember enjoying it when it came out. Looking back at it now, I'm like, huh. Either my tastes have evolved, or just movies have evolved. See, I was very tired when I watched it, and, you know, it wasn't bad. Like, it's still not my favorite movie, but it wasn't bad when you're super sleep-deprived. So I remember seeing this in theaters back in the day, but for some reason I always conflate Tomb Raider with 1999 Godzilla. I think those were the, I saw those movies around the same time. Even though 99 Godzilla came out two years before. Don't don't at me, bro. It's 98 Godzilla. Are you sure it's 90? I thought it was 99. Yeah, it's, it's 1998 Godzilla. See, it's so bad it's even like trickling out. But besides the point. Time out. dilation. Spa- been, time he's, bees. He's, he's been stung by space bees. Or time bees. He's been stung by time bees. Besides the So I, I think the Godzilla movie kind of 
is warping my thought of it. It's like, yeah, it was okay, but it's definitely an early 2000s Matrix-influenced action movie. That's true. I I think that might be my, uh, it's okay. Like, if we hadn't decided to watch it for the podcast, I probably wouldn't have watched that movie ever again. All right. Like, it's not one I would ever choose to watch. Where do you rank it on the uh, list of video game movies that you've watched, though? Oh, it's in the top half. All right. Like, you, that's I, not I, a I, hard thing to do, though. No, no, because no. I'm like, it's it's competently made. There's nothing particularly wrong about it. Ooh, I can name one thing wrong with it. How about the? Uh, I think his name was Bryce or whatever. The uh, British. And you definitely knew he was British because he used a whole bunch of British uh, profanity. A lot. Is, is that your problem with it? That was why, like, okay, yes, we understand that he's British. You don't have to throw all these, like, British slang terms into it. Like, if you're British around Eric, you don't have to push your Britishness in his face. I mean, like, the accent kind of helps, but that's it. I don't care. Everyone in that show was British. You want to know the really funny part? He's not British. <laughs> well... So you have Laura Croft, who is supposed to be British, and Alex Knight, who's supposed to be American, played by Angela Luna Jolie, who's an American, and Daniel Craig, who is British. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Daniel Craig's accent wasn't the greatest either. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of just par for the course. Plus, yeah. it's super early Daniel Craig. Mm-hmm. But see, that's the sort of thing that when I don't count as against it too much it's not like super noticeable i didn't care always oh, british and using british slang i just every time he was on screen it's like oh there he goes with his uh anglo isms again yes we understand yes you are british that was just my main complaint with the movie all right here i thought it was going to be the uh, early 2000s uh techno that's just kind of uh par for the course <laughs> just an artifact of the time they had no choice when choosing that. The Matrix made it cool. They had to. Oh, okay. When I say cool, I mean cool as in air quotes, because this is a audio medium and you can't actually see me doing the air quotes. But let me tell you that I actually am air quoting. It's just kind of that was popular, I guess. Like, I mean, some of it's still good, but. But they could have chosen better. Yeah, they could have used better, better music in uh, Lorecroft. That's the who thing. Would you, who, what would you have done for the soundtrack instead? Oh, I have no idea. I haven't thought about that. A generic rock? You would have gone with generic rock? At that time period, it would have been Nickelback. Or Smash Mouth. Yes, Smash Mouth. Smash Mouth isn't generic rock, though. Smash Mouth is nerd rock. I don't know. All-Star is pretty fun. <laughs> they should have put All-Star in there. Then you know exactly how Lara feels about herself. So they couldn't because of Shrek. All Star was like an everything. They could do whatever they wanted. They wanted to, they wanted to stand alone with their techno and be like we're stand like, with the Matrix. Stand with the Matrix and Event Horizon and, and and show off that you're cool like that. Cool with air quotes. Oh, Vampire... Uh, this is a video game that came around the round time, but Vampire the Masquerade, I think Bloodlines or whatever, also had the same style of music. But that was definitely Matrix and 
influence. Besides the point, Eric probably cut that part out. He just wanted to talk. Eric, Eric, to be honest, you thought this was cool then, didn't you? You no. thought this music was cool at that time. I thought it was cool at the time. I still think some of it is cool. I actually can't. I'm just kind of getting this heavy vibes of like extreme denial coming like like extra extra level denial like you're like oh I don't like this music it's not cool but everything in this like I can name everything that has this music in it would you have it scored by Daft Punk instead I actually didn't like Daft Punk at, at this time I remember listening to some of the songs and I listened to Around the World but somehow found the 17 minute version of it online i'm like i don't think i like this man eric you're real good at finding the extended versions (laughs) of things to ruin stuff for you i'm like back when uh internet the napstering was less of a you know a bad area and more of a legal gray area you you know i totally took advantage of that and he's, he's like, oh, this is the largest uh, file. Of course. So it's it... probably the highest quality. Exactly. And then it's like, nope, nope. This is 17 minutes of uh, around the world, around the world. So Man, that, you didn't, you it, probably didn't even just watch the full Interstellar instead. I have not seen that yet. So no. Oh, man. It's pretty good. Now, are you going to go make a 24 hour um, around the world loop and put it on YouTube? Mm. I'm pretty sure it's already on there as Almost a meme. Certainly. Cause that's, that's the thing. I don't think you actually have to listen to it. You just kind of tell the computer to imagine it and the computer does it for you. And then you never open it yourself. I was going to, there's a Daft Punk where uh, a song. It's like break it, write it and erase it. I can't remember the actual words, but you went, you led into it that I could have gone into their song, but I can't remember the actual words from the song. Besides the point, Eric. Harder, better, faster, stronger. It's not that one. It's a different one. Um, I'd have to find it. I don't actually. Technologic. Yes, that one. See, I don't know oh, Daft yeah. Punk so much. I Well, I guess I know Daft Punk from Tron. But besides the point. And you like Tron. I do like Tron. But in this time period, I think I may, would have been more in the Linkin Park phase of my life that's why you wanted lincoln park to be playing during uh laura croft yeah i think i don't want to say i was big into lincoln park but i definitely enjoyed it like enough to actually go out and buy cds of them all right or they could have always done Coldplay. Coldplay was popular back then too oh the clock song they could have done that man they messed up put that over the uh over the end credits (laughs) yep I don't think it would work. No, no. But it is on the nose, which is ho- which everyone knows Hollywood is all about. It would have made made some people like nudge each other with their elbows and uh, smile real big. Yep. All right. So, uh, what's your thought on the Illuminati representation in a uh, Laura Croft? How accurate is it to the real Illuminati? I'm gonna say it's a hundred percent accurate because they're both fictional. Oh, okay. I was going to be like, John, <laughs> Illuminati's like not real <laughs> that we know of, obviously, you know, in case they are and they are listening to this. I totally know that you guys don't exist. Please don't send your black helicopters to get me. Why would they send black helicopters? They can have drones now. Well, listen, I need to, I need to update my Weird Al song, you know, get my foil hat on. That's how I know I'm protected. Exactly. 
All right. So, yeah. I mean, given that the Illuminati is several real organizations, uh, lots of people have wanted to use the Illuminati name, um, but most of them don't get real cool robes, and most of them can't actually afford paramilitary funding. So less accurate than they'd like to be because the real Illuminati isn't nearly as well organized as this is supposed to be and definitely doesn't have leads on 5,000 year old time travel devices. Though if they did have leads on 5,000 year old time travel devices, we wouldn't know. They'd have to be better organized. All right. So Illuminati not confirmed. I guess it comes down to the, the big decision that we have to have. Does this movie go on your uh, Desert Island movie playlist? Oh, no. The question, rather, because I think, I think we've pretty well firmly established that nothing's going to be beating oh, not the Street Fighter out. I mean... Street Fighter's pretty well set there. Would you turn this on in the background of a party? No. No. Okay, would you watch this on a plane? Like, okay, assuming you only had this option. I know planes now have... Like many movies you can watch from. But... I would watch it on a plane. Yeah. I'd watch it on a train. I'd watch it with a cat. See, I'd have it on like as the background for a party. Just because like the stuff that you have on in the background of a party isn't something that you want to necessarily be watching. But if you turn to look at the screen, there will always be something happening. See, my, my problem with it at the party would be the, uh, the soundtrack would be, uh, discordant with whatever other music might be playing yeah i was gonna i was gonna say richard that's what uh the visualizer on your itunes is for unless they got rid of that now if you really want to entertain people at the party you just have the bouncing screensaver except you get the modded one that it can is more likely to go in the corner see and if you like i just figure out you just have the open youtube lists well, I don't think we have anything more to say about Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Um, if you haven't watched it, it's okay to watch. At least once. Just know you are getting in for an early 2000s Matrix-inspired action movie. So, if you are opposed to any of those, especially like the early 2000s part, they're not as good as the 90s. Just bring popcorn. And but first, uh, before we end, we gotta thank our patrons. The true secret funding behind behind the uh, triangle of the three of us? Yes. Illuminati confirm. Basically. So thank you. Um, I guess the Illuminati? <laughs> Is that too on the nose? It's probably a little too on the nose. I'm going to get shot, aren't I? Who's that by my window? Man, it's a good thing it's only the two of us recording here. Right, John? Yeah. I, I wonder why we always thought there were three people here. If you remember us having three people instead of two, leave a comment on Facebook and leave a like. Let us know what you think about if you would rather have a triangle of time or would you risk the hexagon of time and deal with the time beast? Well, before they come and get me, please let us know on Twitter at PlotSpacklePod in 280 characters or less exactly which scares you more, time bees or space bees. We'll know what you're talking about. But say nothing more. Or, if you have the uh, secret coordinates and the plans to build a 5,000-year-old time travel device, send them to us, plotspacklepodcast at gmail.com. I, I just want a time machine, guys. 
I think this time machine kind of sucks. I'd pre- I'd prefer the DeLorean over this one. Sure, but I'll like, like I if even... I could use this one to travel into that future, where then I could then upgrade to the DeLorean. I just am wondering what was the Illuminati's whole goal here, because it didn't seem to be that effective of a time travel device, because it could move you back in time and you could influence things in between. It's easy it's... Dur- during the transition time, but afterwards everything reverts back to its normal uh, progression. Back to the future part two, you know, they just get the sports almanac and uh, make the already rich people even richer. But as I view it, you'd probably have to actually walk from the Arctic. No, because like she's able to use the time travel to go visit her dad in wherever he was in like Africa. That was a memory he implanted. But they have the whole big deal about her having to make the emotional choice to not save his life. So maybe it becomes, quote unquote, like the TARDIS and it's time in all of space, at least Earth. I don't know. You only get to use it every 5,000 years, so. For like nine minutes. But turns out that when you're time traveling, nine minutes lasts a long time. Because you just keep coming back to the beginning of the Convergence so that you can use it again. It's like wishing for more wishes, basically. Ah, the perfect wish. Guess what, guys? What? We're coming up on 100th episode. In fact, we are. Isn't that amazing? 100 episodes. And it's pretty great. We're, we're, it's a pretty special thing for us. Uh, we have been doing a lot of video game movies. Yeah, we should take a break from that for our 100th episode. We're gonna take a break from that, because we haven't watched movies that Eric hasn't watched for a while now. That's true. And so we're gonna put up a poll on Facebook of some of the, some of the big ones that Eric, we feel that Eric hasn't watched, and you guys can pick which one we're gonna make Eric watch for episode 100. For instance, when I was shocked, shocked that neither Eric nor John has watched Speed. Uh, have you still not watched Legend? What the heck is Legend? Oh, he hasn't seen Legend? He has not seen Legend. There's no Breakfast Club. He hasn't watched Weird Science. There's a lot of movies that Eric has not watched still that we have not even begun to scrape the surface. We're going to put together... a put together a list and you guys can tell us which one is the most egregious and we'll fix it you know what thanks for being with us this whole time and we look forward to this hundredth episode with your input